there's going to be a bunch of transitions in today's service. We're going to be doing numerous things today. We've had a time of worship and song. We've now had a time of receiving new members. Um, now we're going to sort of switch some focus a little bit, and we're going to think a little bit more about what we do outside of these walls and how, as a church, God uses us to actually change the world as we love Him and love people. And, and the neat thing about the calling that God has put upon our lives is that He doesn't just tell us, you know, just love the people in your family or just love the people that live on your street or just love the people who speak your language or look like you or are affiliated with your political party or whatever. He calls us to love everybody. And, and we are so blessed. I don't know if you've thought about this because we, we, we're used to living in this day and age. But do you realize we live in the day and age when the world is the smallest it's ever been? The, the ability for people to actually know somebody who was born on a different continent, for example. You know, there's numerous people in our church who've come from different countries, who, who grew up speaking different languages, and, and, uh, and even who, who are going back to other places or going away to other places to serve. Um, we are able, and many of us do this on a somewhat regular basis, to get on a, on a bus or a plane or something and travel great distances to be with people that we would have never been able to know and bring the love of Jesus with us wherever we go. So it doesn't matter whether you're sort of going across the street to bless a neighbor or whether you're going, a, going across an ocean to bless a whole other country. God calls us to be people who are about blessing people. And so as a church, um, we have all kinds of missions interests. We are, we're reaching out to this community in the city of Duarte and the areas around here, and we're trying to touch lives in this area. But we also are sending people to other places. And one of the things that has been sort of... Um, a trademark of our church is that uh, we, we raise up leaders and make disciples and then send them out to influence the kingdom in other places. And so, so many people now um, that, are, that are a part of the Grace Fellowship family are in different countries and different states and different cities, and they're just serving Jesus in those places. And so um, one of the things that God has done is given us an opportunity to leave a little bit of a footprint on the continent of Africa um, numerous ones of us have spent time in Africa in the last few years, and, uh, and, and numerous people from Africa have come and become a part of our church. And um, it's been a, kind of an amazing thing how we've watched God just bring people from Africa to Duarte and then to this church, and particularly people from Uganda. It's been amazing to have, see how many Ugandans have become a part of our fellowship in the last several years. And one of those people is uh, Francis Subi, and uh, you all probably know Francis. Um, he's been a blessing in our church for the last several years, and um, he, he's involved in, a, in a, really a worldwide ministry that has its focus in Africa. And um, today, we're going to get a chance to hear a little bit more about that ministry and what it's about and, and how we can be more involved. So uh, I want to just uh, direct your attention to the screen behind me. We're going to show a video. I'm going to sit down and get out of the way. We're going to show a video, and you're going to get a chance to see a little bit about what's happening at Wells of Hope Ministries. Wells of Hope. 
We are a Christian nonprofit organization based in Kampala, Uganda. Our mandate is to be compassionate by responding to needs of prisoners and their families. Our mission is to address needs of prisoners and their families, with great attention being given to children with a parent in prison through sustainable and compassionate programs. Wells of Hope Ministries was founded in 2002 in Marchison Bay Prison, Luzira, Kampala, by Francis Subi, where he was an inmate on remand for a period of 68 days, having been falsely accused. He was later acquitted after the charges were dropped. So they bribed, they did whatever they could do, and uh, I found myself in a prison. And while he was in prison, that's when he got a chance to share with some of the inmates uh, he got a chance to talk with them, find out what their needs are. Their biggest need and worry was their children, whom they had left back home. One of the things I saw while I was in the prison, I saw families suffer. My family suffered a lot. Actually, my mother was stressed too much. She was affected too much. Her health deteriorated. Eight months down the road, she passed away. Wells of Hope is being promoted and supported by a team of volunteers, well-wishers, and partners locally and internationally. When I say world of appreciation, what do you mean by this? Uh, from the very start, we started by getting people who are willing to help us, to show the people who have given, no matter how small what you've given. Okay. Uh, we write your name there so that the children can know that these people have helped us. The Wells of Hope Triangle model is the key to fulfilling our mandate. At one point of this triangle is the parent in prison. Then the family in the community, and then the child at Wells of Hope Academy. Children of prisoners are at the center of what we do at Wells of Hope. By carrying out activities that help the child to deal with the difficulties that come with having a parent in prison, we are able to reach out to the prisoners and their families as well. The journey to bring about life transformations begins in the prisons, where we are able to obtain information from prisoners on death row and those serving long-term sentences concerning their children they may have left behind. From there, we trace the children with whatever information we have available. We travel to communities, deep into remote villages, with no clear maps or well-marked addresses. Sometimes we don't find the children, and in some cases, we find that the child has no caregiver and no support structure. In most cases, we have found the children in a sick and deplorable state. If we are able to find them, we make an assessment of the child's health and well-being. We work with any available guardian to bring the child to Wells of Hope Academy so that we can provide them with the needed life-transforming support. Wells of Hope Academy is an elementary school that we started for children of prisoners in 2010. Seated on a 10-acre land, it is located at Hope Village in Semuto, Uganda. At this school, we provide children with programs that help them cope with parental imprisonment. We offer free education, free food, free clothing, care, and love. We take these children under our care to visit their parent in prison three times a year. These visitations are powerful times of connection. 
most of these children until now have gone 10 or more years without seeing their parents or not even knowing their whereabouts. It's a great reunion when children visit their parents in prison. Wells of Hope is the only place where children get direct visit. No barriers, no bars. This is because of the trust and goodwill Wells of Hope has established over the years with the prison authorities. In this way, we are able to connect to the community, the child, the prisoner to each other, and most importantly, to God. These bonds are powerful and not possible through any other organization or connection in Uganda today. At the Academy, we have Christmas parties with special meals and we offer Christmas gifts. We have Scout Club. We offer counseling and guidance. They engage in sports and games, spiritual and moral discipleship. We also hold monthly birthday parties. Most of these children have never had their birthdays celebrated. Some of them don't even know their own birthdays. It's a great excitement and life-changing time. When these children graduate from Wells of Hope Academy, we continue to support them in partner secondary school. We pay for their tuition fees in their boarding schools, and we hope to offer them support up to the university and trade school level. During the short holiday, teenagers come to Wells of Hope, where we conduct a camp just for them. In the camp, we teach them etiquette, life values, leadership skills, HIV AIDS prevention skills, and valuable knowledge that helps them prepare for the future so they can go back to their community and be changers. We have a program called Rod Not Fish. Under this program, we have a pig unit, a dairy unit, and poultry unit. The proceeds from the farm enable us to supplement on the project's income. We have a children's choir called Inunienzo, meaning star. Inunienzo's children's choir is a choir of children of prisoners, which was started by Wells of Hope. Through this choir, the children are able to make the public know the plight of children of prisoners. They sing mostly gospel and encouraging songs. So far, they have released a five-track album called Ambajo. Some children have been abused in the communities before they come to Wells of Hope. They are not considered as normal children in the community. They are shunned by their friends, by their family, by their relatives. So people do not want to associate with them. They get to blame them for the things that they are, that for the crimes which their parents did. These children are being used for child labor. They have to go dig to get food. They have no self-esteem. They are vulnerable to rape. Their growth is stunted, most of these children. They are prone to, age, to being sacrificed, what we call child sacrifice. If a child is pushed away by society, he has nothing to eat, no one is there to look after him. In the long run, he's going to end up stealing, he's going to end up on the street. For the girls, it's even worse because girls have a problem uh, whereby most of them are married off at the age of 12, 13. Wells of Hope is helping victims of crime. For instance, here, Ida narrates her ordeal to Wells of Hope volunteers. Ida was assaulted by her husband who poured acid on her. 
she sustained injuries on her body, which resulted in many scars. Wells of Hope has helped her to turn these scars into stars. There are many victims of crimes like Ida that we support. Face. Family and community engagement. The goal is to empower, provide hope, and restore dignity to mothers and grandmothers of children of prisoners. We offer them counseling sessions on how to cope with having a loved one in prison. We encourage mothers not to remarry and abandon children and also face the risk of HIV. We empower and equip them with trade skills so they can become self-reliant. Wells of Hope runs income-generating activities, which help the women to earn an income by participating in the following productions. Tailoring, jewelry making, mushroom growing, and liquid soap, which is branded and sold as Hope Soap. We empower them with business skills, and we provide spiritual and moral discipleship. Wells of Hope also provides emotional support to prisoners and families of prisoners. During our sessions, we teach, counsel, and sensitize them on issues related to HIV, AIDS, and crime. We provide much-needed food supplements to inmates who are living with HIV. We donate high-protein maize flour, sugar, eggs, and provide care. Our hope is through counseling and teaching, they can prevent HIV AIDS and handle the stigma that comes with the disease. This support has reduced the number of people dying in prison due to HIV AIDS. Wells of Hope conducts Bible-based spiritual programs in prisons in Uganda. This includes Bible studies, discipleship classes, and preaching during Sunday services. Wells of Hope gets its support from friends and partners worldwide, mainly from the United States, the UK, and Uganda, who offer a one-time gift, sponsor a project, or even sponsor a child. We welcome any size donation, and we still have many children who need a sponsor for only $35 a month. Thank you. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Cause love is right here Love is alive Love is the way, the truth, the life Love is the river that flows through Love is the arms that are holding you And love is the place you will fly So there's an introduction to Wells of Hope. Uh, pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's amazing what's going on there. Um, 
And we get to see a little glimpse of it here. Uh, it's, it's actually an even more far-reaching ministry than what is described in the video. Uh, God is continuing to use Francis um, to, to uh, advocate for children of prisoners, for justice. Uh, one of the things you, we, we just don't realize, we, we're used to living in America. We, we exercise our right to complain when we don't like the way our politicians are doing things and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that we have here that is missing in many countries in the world is just access to justice. And so what happens a lot in places like Uganda, certainly happens in Uganda, is, uh, is you can be arrested for anything. Someone makes an accusation or bribes a policeman and you're arrested. Somebody gets mad at you, you're arrested. And, and you're not taken in, booked, and then within 24 to 48 hours, you have a, a hearing to determine whether you could be held. You're just put in jail, and you're left there. And maybe they'll get to you, and maybe they won't. Um, you probably will not have uh, legal representation. And it is not uncommon for people to spend years in prison who have done nothing wrong and have never had a hearing or a trial or anyone advocating for them. And and what happens when that happens is that those, those prisoners are separated from their families and there is no system in place to help their families. The only one I know of out of all of my experience in Uganda is Wells of Hope. And Wells of Hope is doing an amazing thing in Uganda and is continuing to spread into other parts of Africa now. And Francis Subi, who is a part of our church family, is the founder. You got to see his lovely smiling face in the video. Um, and so let's welcome Francis. He's going to come and share with us a little bit more. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, it, is, it is good to get a chance to just let you share with us a little bit. Um, tell us um, about, I know it mentioned briefly in the video, tell us how you got a heart for these prisoners and their families. What did God allow to happen in your life to get you there? Yeah, the year was 2002, and I was in prison. And while I was in the prison, I was asking God, I asked him, why am I in the prison? I felt God saying, you're here to spread my word. So I began preaching in the prison, and even when I <coughs> went out of the prison, I kept going back. But it is in the prison, during the 68 days, that we were able to found Wells of Hope. I, helped, I wrote the first constitution of Wells of Hope in the prison. Yeah. Normally I say, if you allow me to say that, it costed me $2 to come to America and $2 to start Wells of Hope because these guys bribed the police with $2 equivalent of Uganda money to just get me there. So I'm even here because of the $2. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so someone bribed officials $2 to arrest you Yes. even though you had not committed any crime. Yeah. And so he spends a little over two months in the prison wondering is he ever going to get out. Finally, they come to him and say, hey, whoops, we shouldn't have put you here, and they let you out, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was in that time that God did amazing things. Have you ever heard of anybody else who thought to do something great while they were in prison? Right? So it's kind of amazing what God will do in our lives during hard times if we will turn our attention to Him. Instead of turning our attention inward and complaining and wondering... But God really began to give you a heart for those kids because a lot of these guys never see their children again, right? They never get to see their children again. And so you mentioned in the video that um, a lot of the times these children in their, in their communities are now ostracized and shunned by people in the community. Why are they shunned? Yeah, 
you see now, with the, the, according to our culture, the Ugandan culture, the child belongs to the woman. And most times it's the men that go to prison. So if the man goes to prison, the wife is going to take the child to the mother of the man in prison. And that's the grandmom. So in some cases, if the grandmom is not there, then the children are abandoned and they stay by themselves. Uh, because in most cases, the crimes, especially for the kind of uh, prisoners that we reach out to, it's, they have committed murder, defilement, which is child rape. And most people think that is a curse. You know, the man who's done that is a curse. So his children are a curse, and everything is about a curse. So they want to go on to begin a new life without the curse. Yeah, a few grand, a few mothers will stay, but not so many. Yeah, yeah. So, so imagine we know in our in our culture when when a father goes to prison, it's devastating to the children, right? But imagine that not only do you lose your father, but you become stigmatized you become cursed so that no one wants to have anything to do with you. And so these kids are really left oftentimes to fend for themselves. So that's where Wells of Hope comes in. And you minister to the people in prison, but you also go out to the communities and find these children, right? Yeah, uh, it's all to do with the child. So you have to reach out to the parent in prison to maintain that contact and the family in the community because one time the child must go back and the child comes to the school where they receive the safety, they receive free education, they're able to get food, and we take them to see the parent in prison three times a year. The main goal of all this is that we are able to evangelize these children, provide them with the gospel, so that they are able to you know, be discipled and came to come to worship Jesus, and eventually take the same gospel, the parent in prison, and the family in the community. That is the main goal of all this. Yeah, see, so much of what Grace Fellowship is involved with in Africa, and particularly in Uganda with Raining Hope Children's Home and with Wells of Hope, is that if we can invest in these children and help them to grow up in the Lord, get educated, and become people who can make a difference in their community, we can, in a generation or two, turn everything around. That's how the Lord is moving in, in Africa. Children are coming to know the Lord and being discipled through ministries like this. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. So um, you're getting ready to go back to Africa, right? Yeah, I'm supposed to go March 7th. And um, uh, I'm so, uh, I was discouraged last night, but now I'm strengthened because I know my bag, which I lost last night, belongs to the Lord. Yeah. It has my passport. If I'm able to get my passport in time, then I can be able to go because the ticket is paid, but my passport got lost on a bus last night. Yeah. 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 So we're going to pray for that in a minute, but um, he, he has a, a ticket to head back. He's going back long term to Africa. He said, You've been here almost three years yeah, now, right? I've been here since 2014. I came uh, October 31st, 2014. And uh, it's been a blessing, let me use this time, it's been a blessing to be here. I've uh, made a lot of friends here, you've been family to me. I really feel sad saying bye. But I want to thank you all for whatever you've done, whoever has welcomed me into your homes, whoever has listened to me, whoever has talked a word of wisdom to me. I've really been blessed by the words that uh, Pastor Doug preaches here. And I want to tell you that Pastor Doug is a great gift to this country and is one of the great uh, preachers we have here in this country because he gets the word from God and just gets it to you like that. 
it's not sugar-coated like yeah. here in some places. So I'm really blessed and I'm going away with that. I'm asking you people to just continue being family to me, be my brother, let me be your brother, and let's, let's if you, I can be your son. In Africa, if you are older, then I qualify to be your son. People don't want to be called <laughs> older. <yeah. laughs> Yeah, so I want to be your son. Please adopt me. And uh, <laughs> so Jim, he could be your great grandson. <laughs> and keep in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. So, so uh, Francis mentioned just briefly. Last night he had his bag with his laptop, all of his work for Wells of Hope, uh, his camera, and his passport, and it apparently got left on a bus. And so he is without it. So there's efforts being made to trace it down through the bus company and all of that. Um, you know, something like that, you, just, you would normally just shrug your shoulders and go, wow, that's gone. But we have a pretty awesome God, right? Yes. And so he has a ticket paid already that he's leaving in a week. But you can't travel without a passport. And uh, aside from, you know, miraculous intervention, you can't get a passport in a week. So um, we need to pray that those items will be returned. And so what we're, what, what we're going to do in just a moment is, is we're going to just spend time as a body praying over Francis. And we're going to ask the Lord to not only um, be with him as he heads back to Africa and to, and to watch every step of his trip, but to make the trip possible by bringing back the missing items. So um, I'm going to ask you guys not only to just bow with us in a moment and pray here, but make this a continued matter of prayer. Um, we want to pray. You know, I don't, we didn't even, I don't know if we even talked about this. About two or three weeks ago, someone broke into this building and stole all the musical instruments. And uh, somebody bought them from a guy out of the back of his car, figured out they were from the church, called the church and said, hey, I want to give all this stuff back to you. And he wouldn't even let us give him his money back. So, so our God is awesome, you guys. So, so let's not think that because his bag is missing today, it's going to always be missing. God can do amazing things. And as we saw, even when you were imprisoned, um, I'm sure that many people were praying, Lord, let him out, let him out, let him out. And yet it was being there that created this whole ministry. So yeah. even during difficulties, we're just going to ask God to be glorified that he's going to do something great. So let's just take a minute, bow our heads together. I forgot yeah. to say something. Please. Uh, the work that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be based in Uganda, but also be in Kenya and Tanzania as well because we've started out there helping kids. So right. keep praying for that as well. Yeah, this ministry is just expanding all the time. Yeah. So let's take a minute and pray for our brother. Yeah. Father, we just want to thank you for uh, our brother Francis. Thank you for your grace in his life, and thank you for the way you pass that grace through to others. Father, we ask you to please continue to work and show yourself strong. You have given him such a wonderful testimony of your power as you have walked him through difficult times in the past. And, and Father, with this missing bag, we're just going to ask you to do the miraculous and bring it back. And we're going to trust that you are able to provide every document that he needs to travel, whatever resources he needs for his work. We're going we're gonna to just ask you to provide it in some way that gives you all the glory. 
And we thank you that even in difficulties like this, you show yourself strong. So we look forward to that. And then we do pray for wells of hope for those children, for those prisoners, for those mothers and grandmothers that are trying to do their best with these kids, and for the many volunteers who are working with wells of hope. And uh, we just ask you to fill them with your spirit and, and guide them and direct them. We pray, Father, that you would, you would increase their influence and increase their resources to do ministry. And we pray, Father, that through it all, you would receive all the glory. We thank you for Francis. We look forward to continuing to hear what you're doing in his life and through his life, Father. Watch over him and just put your arms around him and carry him, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you, brother. Bless you, too. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to tell you about this. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, there's a story that doesn't get told in Sunday school very often, and most people just sort of run right past it. There, there's a guy, he's the grandson of Saul the king, right? So King Saul, um, basically, you probably know the story, David is anointed and Saul becomes his enemy and Saul begins to try to kill him. And David is uh, on the run and all of that. And eventually Saul and most of his family die in battle. And David is anointed to be the king. Now in those cultures, what happens is when a new king comes, his first order of business is to wipe out every family member of the preceding king. Because he doesn't want anybody making a claim to the throne. He doesn't want any coups. So he, he basically goes through and kills the family of the others, of the previous king. Well, Saul had a grandson who knew this would happen. And so he took off as soon as David became king. And he basically ran to the wilderness and hid. And he hid in a place called Lodabar, which literally when you translate it means nowhere. So he's hiding in the middle of nowhere. And his name is Mephibosheth, which is a Hebrew word that means my name is hard to pronounce. <laughs> and Mephibosheth uh, is known for only one thing. Every time he's mentioned in the scripture, it's with this caveat, he's crippled. He's Mephibosheth the cripple. When he was a baby, someone dropped him. And when he hit the ground, he had, had a severe injury and was never able to use his legs to walk. And so he's Mephibosheth the crippled, and now he is uh, sort of Mephibosheth the fugitive living in the middle of nowhere. And David hears that there is yet one one ancestor of Saul left. And when he hears that, he calls the captain of his guard. And he says, I want you to go get that guy. And they go searching for him and they find him. And they basically take him and bring him back to the palace. And he knows why he's coming back. He understands what this is all about. And he knows that he is undoubtedly going to be put to death in any moment. And so they bring him into the throne room of the king, unable to even walk he crawls into the presence of the king and the scripture says he goes flat on his face before the king and he doesn't even have any, any words to say. He just says, I'm here. And waiting for the executioner to come and just separate his head from his body, he lays prostrate before the king only to be shocked by these words. Mephibosheth, you will be my son. Mephibosheth, is told by David that from this day forward, all of his grandfather's wealth will be restored to Mephibosheth. All of his lands and his servants will be restored to Mephibosheth. 
and Mephibosheth will now live among David's sons and eat at David's table. And he's blown away. And he says, but I'm just a dead dog. And David says, to me, you will be like a son. And he's invited perpetually to join the, the ranks of David's children at mealtime and to eat at the king's table. The one who was a fugitive, the one who was crippled by the fall, the one who was hiding out in order to avoid the punishment that he knew he had coming, became the heir to the king. And he began to have fellowship with David and have fellowship with David's family and to indeed eat at David's table. Now I share that with you just briefly today because when you came in, hopefully you were given a cup like this. If you did not get one of these, raise your hand and we will get one to you, okay? Just leave your hands up, okay? Can we get, Jim, can you help us? There's, um, there's uh, and Fritz, there's some uh, in the foyer. Leave your hands up because uh, we didn't get everybody, but you need one of these, okay? And as those are being passed out, let me just um, explain to you what we're doing. You see, we have something in common with Mephibosheth. Just like him, we were crippled in the fall. Just like him, we have no right to come into the throne room and make any demands or even any requests. Just like him, God found us when we were hiding out. Over, Fritz, over here to your, to your right. Um, and just like him, we have no claims or no rights to be counted among the king's children. And just like him, he looks at us with grace and says, come to my table. And that should remind all of us of the time where Jesus is with his disciples right before he goes to the cross and he pours the wine and he prays and blesses it and he, and he breaks the bread and he passes it out and he says of the bread, this is my body which is given for you, knowing that he's about to be hung on a tree in a matter of hours. And he says, this wine is my, body, is my blood, which is poured out for you. It's a new covenant in my blood. Because the old covenant was never kept by anybody on the human side. Nobody ever lived up to the righteousness. Nobody ever followed the law perfectly. Nobody ever stayed true to their covenant with God. And so God decided to make a way, and he did it with the blood of Jesus Christ. And today, regardless of whether we were born in Africa, Asia, South America, or wherever, regardless of our age, regardless of our gender, regardless of our education, regardless of our wealth, regardless of our stature in our culture, Every one of us who is a follower of Jesus Christ is able to come together on the flat ground where the cross is. And we're able to fall on our knees before the King, nothing to say for ourselves, and to have Him reach out to us, in this case with a nail-pierced hand, and to touch us, and to say, come, you're mine. Come to the table. And we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate with the body of Christ across the ages. We get to celebrate with the body of Christ across the globe. 
We get to celebrate with the people sitting next to us, some of whom are our dearest, closest loved ones and others who may be complete strangers when we walked in here today. And we get to celebrate one thing. Jesus loves us so much that He was willing to pay the price through His body and His blood to make us His children. That's why we gave you this cup when you came in. It's It's a very complicated thing. There's a thin layer, very thin layer on the top. If you pull back the very thin layer, you will expose the cracker, the unleavened bread. And then if you will open the the, uh, tab in the larger part, you will expose the juice. So go ahead and open those up. And remember what Jesus said. This is my body, which is given for you. This is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And some 2,000 years ago, they sat around a low table in Jerusalem and they partook of this together. And today, there are children in Africa sitting around a rock partaking of this together. And there are, there are wealthy people in Beverly Hills sitting around a fancy table partaking of this together. And there are people of every age and and every culture and every race without distinction. The thing that puts us at the king's table is the grace of the king. And that's it. And we're his children. So let's bow our heads and pray together and then we'll partake together. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. We say thank you that your love for mankind is so great that you sent your only son that he would pay the price for our sin. We thank you, Jesus, that you humbled yourself even to the point of death on a cross, all for the sake of people who do not deserve your kindness. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that by your power you have filled us and made us alive in Christ and given us new life. And now we celebrate across the ages and across the globe with your people for your glory. For your name's sake, we have come to your table and we join in this meal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.